for some time. Listen, beloved. Oh, you shall leave. Oh,
Though you have been hurting for some time, my faith you Come on in. We're going ahead and start right now. Amen. Y'all come on in. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started. I was trying to wait to see. We're going to go ahead and get started right now. So. All right. All right, here we go. We're getting started right now. Okay. I'm not sure what is happening. Um, those who are on here, can you let me know if you can hear me? Let me know if you can hear me. Uh-oh. I think you can hear me. Because <laughs> I can hear myself. All right. Okay, a lot. So we're going ahead and getting started. Um, I'm not sure if y'all can hear me. I need to see if someone can hear me. To see if someone can hear me. Okay, I'm going for it. All right, so let me get to my paper. All right, this is the last day of the series. Um, hold on one second.
All right. Okay. Hello, Minister Stacy. <laughs> okay, so when I do turn it to I don't, the wows of the vows, have you not read? Amen. And so um don't leave but cleave. This is the um this is thank you. Thank you, Sister Val. This is the last day of this series. Have you not read? Don't leave but cleave. I'm also ending this. Um, when I begin to end, I will be giving a testimony um, concerning um, to this particular topic. Don't leave but cleave. I will give a testimony to this. Um, my desire is to be off of here right at three o'clock. I'm ending it at three o'clock. So I'm going to try to put all this in um, and, and composite all together and the conclusion of my testimony is an excerpt from my book. It's an excerpt from my book. And so um, so I want to stay focused. I've written it, written it down. So I won't be all over the place. So we're moving forward. Um, we're still finishing up Ezra chapter 10. Let me put that in there. Ezra chapter 10. That's where this series um, I've talked about. Ezra chapter 9 and chapter 10 about Ezra telling the people that they shouldn't enter marriage, which means um, this may not end at three. But I'm going to try to composite this all together, okay? So um, it talked about Ezra letting the Israelites know that they were wrong in uh, uh, mingling their daughters with giving them to those people that were, don't, that wasn't serving God, and then those those um, people taking their uh, daughters and sending them to the Israelites' sons, you know, and, and, and all that stuff there. And we need to know that when, when they're talking about unbeliever, they're talking about um, not race. An unbeliever is not concerning. You people say, oh, you're going to hell because you because the black man that married a white woman or a white woman that married a Chinese man or, or a Mexican that married an, an African. That's not that's not against God's law. What is against God's law? When he's talking about intermarriage being unequally yoked, he was talking about um, them serving other religions. If the black man was a Christian and then he married a woman that was a Jehovah Witness, you're out of God's law. That is what Ezra was talking about. It had nothing to do with race. It had everything to do with religion being unequally yoked. Light should not be holding hands with darkness. Right should not be holding hands with wrong. Why? Because of corruption and compromise. And with those, with those two together, you're bringing war into your home. You have to go back. If you're tuning in for the first time and you're getting the butt end of this, you have to go back and watch the other series. I have appreciated your sharing this much needed teaching. Glory goes to God. And, and, and I know the place and the position that I am in now, that this is where and this is what God needed me to do. Amen. And so I'm so grateful and I'm so humble to be able to give to you 
what was not given to me. Now, I know some of you saying, well, you've been in church since you were 35 or you've been in church since you were 45. Listen, you can be in church all your life and still do not know the ins and out of the word of God. You can be in church all your life and still not get the teaching of marriage. You can be in church all of your life and still don't know the depths of sin. And I know that to be a fact, but we have somebody as a part of our ministry today that have literally testified and said, I have, was, I have been a part of this ministry that I was in because it was a family ministry. And I was only in that, that house of God because it was a family ministry because I was raised up in the church and I was taught that no matter what goes on, you were in the house of God on Sunday. This individual said, I wasn't taught the Holy Ghost. I wasn't taught about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I wasn't taught about speaking in tongues. I wasn't taught about how to feel the presence of the Lord. When she became to our ministry, oh my goodness, when she became, when she came to our ministry out of her mouth, she said at the age that she was then, that she had never felt the presence of God like that in her life. So being in the house of God all of your life does not make you saved. Being in the house of God all of your life doesn't make you righteous. Being in the house of God all of your life doesn't make you holy. People can go to church on Sunday because they was taught that they're supposed to go to church on Sunday. I'm just saying. Yeah, hear me and hear me well. Truth that is the problem. We think church is the key, but teaching and praying is much needed. Exactly. Listen, woman of God, if I would have been, if I would have gotten not just, thank you, Holy Spirit, not just the teaching from the house of God, from preachers or evangelists or bishops or apostles or ministers or just anybody in leadership, I wasn't raised to go to church. I wasn't raised that we went to church on Sundays. I wasn't raised that way. We didn't go to church. I knew there was a God, but I didn't know God. There's a difference. And I put that on my page earlier. There is a difference between religious Christians and relational Christians. Because religion Christians, you're, you're, it's, you're supposed to be there. Relational Christians is you're building the relationship with the Lord. You're building that foundation. You're getting the teaching. You're being taught. You want to have that. You want to have that personal walk that personal salvation, the presence of God. You want to know him for yourself, not because you're being made to go, not because my, my mama went to this ministry or my daddy went to this ministry or I'm only here because of my mama. I'm only here because of my friends. No, you got to build a relationship and get out of religion because it's the religion folk that's judging the people. But it's the relationship, the relational Christians that is teaching you how to come out of sin. It's teaching you why you should be married. It's teaching you why you need to have a relationship. That's the difference. Lord have mercy. And I want to be able to give to those what was not given to me. That was not given to me. Somebody said, Tom, well, it ain't like you wasn't sitting in the church or it wasn't like you wasn't sitting in the house of God and you wasn't getting it. Okay, well, let's see. If you know that I'm sinning, <laughs> if you know that I'm going through, if you know that I'm hurting, 
So why are you not helping me? So what you're saying is I'm supposed to sit here by myself and just try to get it by myself. Okay. Some people can do that, but others can't. Galatians 6 and 1, brethren, if you if you see your brethren overtaken in a fault, you, which are spiritual, are to restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. You don't leave them there. You don't kick them while they're already down. You don't gossip about them. You don't uncover them. You help them since you oh so Christian. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody in this place. So this is a recap from everything that I that I brought to you from Monday to today. And when I've given you the five W's along with the H, the who, the what, the where, the when, the why. So today, the conclusion is the how. So I told you who should have read because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, have you not read? Let me let me read that to you. Matthew chapter 19, verses four through eight. And Jesus answered and said unto the Pharisees, have you not read that which was made them at the beginning, made them male and female? Who made them male and female in the beginning? God. Jesus says, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. He said their flesh becomes one. They're no longer two people, but they are now one. He said, wherefore, there are no longer two, but one flesh. So what therefore God have joined together in the beginning, male and female, let no man put them under, let no man separate them. So they begin to question him again. Well, why did Moses tell him the right of bill of divorcement? Jesus said, Moses then commanded to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away because of the hardness of your hearts suffered you to put your wives away. Jesus said, but from the beginning, it was not so. So divorce is not an option by God. It's a choice by man. And God will never tell you to get a divorce out of his mouth, but God will give you peace about your decision of divorce for you a walk and for where you are because of such cases. That's why Jesus went on to say, everybody can't receive this, but those who can, let them walk in it. Let them do what they can believe. Let them believe, let them walk in what they believe. He said, let them walk in truth. Three John verses one through four, he says, "When and this is when you come into the knowledge of the truth. It says, we as Christians, preachers and teachers are to be given the true word of God for your growth and your righteous living. In order for you to get truth, we must give truth. So in order for you to know what you're supposed to be doing, if God has called me to preach and teach the gospel, the true gospel of the truth, I am to preach it with truth, with power, with instruction, with direction, with demonstration. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Jesus, you got to know this, what it says in John 14 and 6. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one continues to go to his father but through him. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So who is the word? 
Jesus Christ. And he was with his father in the beginning. And because of your complaints, because of your hardened hearts, because of your discord, because of your division, because of your own way of thinking, because of your mentality, you go off of what you want because you can't endure. You can't persevere. But we got to, oh, Lord, have mercy. Long suffering is part of the fruit of the spirit. We don't want to suffer long. So we'd rather just give up, throw in the towel, and walk away. And from the beginning, it was not so. So who is this lesson for? The Christians, the unbelieving Christians, and the unbelieving sinners. This is who the word is for. What should we read concerning the word of God? The word of God and other resources because we are not to be ignorant to other devices. We are not to be ignorant of the devil's devices that's gonna cause us to serve Satan instead of to serve Jesus. Where do we need to read it? In the house of God or with a counselor. We are not to be blind by the truth. And why should we read? Because we need an understanding of what marriage is really about. Because divorce is not an option by God, but it's a choice by man. Malachi 2 verses 10 through 17 and verses 3 and 6, you got to understand this. God has not changed the laws or the rules. Man has done that to fit society's needs. That is what you need to understand. That God has not changed the laws or the rules for you at all. But what man has done, man has changed it and fixed it for society to let everybody think that it's okay to go outside of the will of God. So what happens is we find ourselves in a place not understanding what's happening like literally hold on one second please that you're not using that get your cup and just get you some water there's no more except for the glass. well there's a blue cup right here on the side of the sink you don't see this blue cup right here stefan nelson jr look here son you don't see that blue cup thank you i talked about distractions did i not Distractions is of the devil. Anytime God is giving truth to the people who is wanting to hear it and who is wanting to receive it and who is wanting to apply it, the devil, that's why I said I'm not ignorant to the devil's devices. One of the devil's devices is distractions. And that is what the devil will use to get you unfocused. But here's the thing, because I serve a God <laughs> and I am saved. I know how to speak to what I need to speak to and bring it right back around and just continue to go on with loving kindness and speak softly. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's a recap from who, what, where, when, why. And now I'm at how. How should we? Now I want you to make this personal. How should I? 
apply to what I have read? Here's your answer to that. You need an open mind. You need the right spirit. And you need to do it with the right people, along with fasting and praying. Listen to this. Matthew chapters 19, 1 through 12. This is for you. You need to have a childlike attitude for humility. You need to be able to do everything in the right order. You know, let me let me read this the way I wrote it. Let me read it the way I wrote it. Matthew 19, 1 through 12. How should I apply this for you to have a childlike attitude for humility? Matthew 19, 13 through 15. Matthew 19, 16 through 30. We will do everything else but the right thing. And that is pray for our spouse and turn to Jesus for forgiveness and salvation. You must know with God, all things are possible. Second Corinthians 7 and 16. How do you know, husband? How do you know, wife, that your spouse can't be saved unless you turn them over to God and you turn yourself towards God? Then how do you know they cannot be changed and turn from their wicked ways? You, believer, must remain and stay humble and keep your focus on God, the word of God and your salvation and let God do it. Let God change it. Let God handle it and let God give you instructions and guidance. How will it happen? Through fasting and praying. So let me say this. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Twenty and twenty-one, Matthew seventeen and twenty-one. Okay, listen, Matthew chapter seventeen, twenty-one through twenty. Get my Bible over here. Matthew chapter seventeen, verses. Now, this Jesus is talking about. Let me just read it. Uh, Matthew 17, starting at the 14th verse. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falls into the fire and oftentimes into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. But he said in verse 21, hello, Pam, good to see you. 
Well, good to, yeah, good to see you on here. But verse 21 is the key. Verse 21 is the key that you would need in your relationship, in your walk with the Lord, with your faith. How about this kind only goes out by fasting and praying, praying and fasting. Know your husband, know your wife is not going to come where you want them to be if you're not praying and if you're not fasting. No, they're not going to stop drinking. No, they're not going to stop smoking. No, they're not going to stop doing drugs. No, they're not going to stop committing infidelity. No, they're not going to keep going outside of their marriage. No, they're not going to be able to uh, stop hitting on you, verbally abusing you, uh, emotionally scoring you. No, they're not going to be, they're not going to stop doing any of those things unless you are praying and fasting. No, their hearts are not going to change. No, their minds are not going to change. No, their actions are not going to change if you are not fasting and praying. You got to believe that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can think or ask. You have to believe it. And not just for them, you got to believe it for yourself. No, your faith is not going to change if you're not fasting and praying. No, your faith is not going to be increased if you're not fasting and praying. No, your doubt is not going to change if you're not fasting and praying. Because Jesus just said it right here. Oh, faithless and perver perversion generation. That means because of their unbelief, he answered them. The reason why you could not rebuke that demon, the reason why you could not rebuke that devil, the reason why that devil couldn't leave, the reason why those things couldn't be changed is because of your unbelief. But the man turned around and said, Lord, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. So when you're going to God in prayer and you're going to him and you're being honest, God, I don't want to divorce my spouse, but I'm tired of going through these changes in my house. God, I don't want to divorce my spouse, but I'm at a place where I don't know what I need to do. God, I, I, I want to believe, but I am being doubtful about what I'm seeing. So, Lord, help me with my unbelief so that I can continue to stay before you fasting and praying and waiting for these things to change. But God, in the midst of me waiting, work on my mentality, work on my heart, work on my actions, work on my character, work on my integrity, work on my ways, work on my mind. God, give me strength. God, help me to endure. Help me to persevere. God, I'm tired of being beat on, but God, I don't know what else to do. I've been fasting. I've been praying, but yes, but if you still got malice in your heart, he's not hearing your fasting, your prayer. If you still got iniquity in your heart, he's not hearing your fasting and prayer. Your heart has to be cleansed and your mind got to be right. How do I know that? Because Psalms 51, I sinned against you, God, and you alone created me a clean heart and renewed the right spirit within me. So in order to be, oh my God. So in order for things to change, you got to be right. Lord have mercy. In order for things to change, 
you gotta be right your heart gotta be right gotta be i'm trying to help you in order for things to change you gotta be right your heart gotta be right your character has to be right your integrity has to be right your walk with christ has to be right your your whole everything about you has to be right because in order for in order for your light to shine you got to be right jesus has to be in you i'm trying to help you we say that we we say oh i'm fasting i'm praying but you got malice in your heart oh i'm fasting and praying but you cussing your spouse out oh i'm fasting and praying but you're sneaking got gossiping in your heart It starts with you. So that's why Jesus said that the brother or the sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace. If that unbeliever wants to walk away, let them go. Because you you're, you're, you you want to give up and you look, you need peace, let them go. Then you ain't got to worry about the stress. You ain't got to worry about the anxieties. You ain't got to worry about having panic attacks. You ain't got to worry about being depressed. You ain't got to worry about being oppressed. You ain't got to worry about seeing them on a regular. Let them go. Walk away. Divorce. Yeah. Divorce. Yeah. I said it because my testimony is coming. Divorce. God don't tell us to divorce. But I'm saying if you just cannot endure divorce if you just can't trust god divorce because jesus turned right around and said but the next time you get married you must remarry a christian or you're going to find yourself back in the same situation back in the same marriage but with a different name <laughs> hello somebody thank you holy ghost you're back in the same marriage, but with a different name. It was not God's intentions for us to be married three and four and five and six and seven and 10 times. God is a God of second chances. That's why he said it in Romans chapter one. Eventually, he's just gonna turn you over to the things you love the most, yourself. Because you ain't trying to love God. You ain't trying to love anybody else. You loving yourself. You're, you're self-righteous. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. You're self-righteous. You think everybody else is wrong but you. It's everybody else's problem but you. It's their fault, not yours. Oh, I'm trying to help you. You want to learn, but you don't want to be taught. <laughs> you want to do right, but you don't want to listen. You want things to change, but you don't want to change. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I'm trying to help you. If you follow the rules and the regulations of the word of God, and you stay under the wings and under the shadow of the Lord of the most high, then you won't, you, you will be so, your, Jesus Christ needs to be your, thank you, Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ needs to be your best friend. 
He needs to be your best friend. He needs to be the one that you will go to before you go to your mama. Don't leave, but cleave. Don't not just that. I'm going ahead of myself. Lord have mercy. I'm going ahead of myself. Don't leave, but cleave. The scripture tells us husband, when they married their wife, they 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 leave their mother and father and cleave to the wife. But here's the thing: before you get into that relationship, you stay, you stay, you let Jesus be your friend. So when you get into a pickle, you call on Jesus. When you get into a bind, you call on Jesus. When that husband or that wife begin to trip, you call on Jesus. But no, you know what we do? We call on our friends. We call our mommy. We call our daddy. Because we know that mommy going to handle it. We know daddy going to fix it. Because Jesus knew we were going to call the wrong people. But if you have a personal relationship with the Lord. And he is first in your life. He is first. You talk to him first. You see him first. You reach out to him first. Because he said it in Matthew 6. He said it in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. But our flesh wants to take over. We don't we don't want to seek God because we know God going to fix it. We know God going to turn it around. But but because our eyes and our flesh is now fixated on something else that we want. But here's the thing. What you can have with that side chick, what you can have with that spare tie, you can have with your wife or your or your husband. But you don't want to go see, but you don't want to put the work in. You don't want to put the work in. So because you don't put the work in, you can't start seeing the end result. You, you can't start seeing the change. You can't start seeing the turnaround because you don't want to put the work in. Oh, well, listen, it's the truth anyhow. It's the truth. Why? Because I lived it. I've experienced it. I'm trying to help you. Oh, my God. Listen, now, thank you, Jesus. So now. With all of that being said, we go to, which I already gave you, Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 6. I'm getting there. <laughs> Hebrews 11 and 6. Hello, Minister Laquanda. Hey, Faith. Okay, Hebrews 11 and 6. Now listen, let me help you out. Listen, and I said this yesterday, but I'm going to give you this first. Hebrews 10 and 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 26 says, for if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. And who and he that, hey, Jeffrey, and he 
that despises Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. So here's again, we don't assemble ourselves together to get the encouragement that we need, to get the push that we need. So we'd rather go out to people who are unbelievers, Christian unbelievers, that's not gonna give you the true word of God and it's not gonna have you to walk into what? The knowledge of truth. I just read that in Hebrews 10, 25 and 26, because therefore to whom sins willfully, there's no more sin beyond the grave. There's no more, listen, you can't ask for forgiveness once you're dead. Once you're dead, you can't ask for forgiveness. Hebrews chapter 11 and 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you got to have enough faith and enough belief because I'm just that's my second how. My first how, how can I apply what I should have? What after I read, after it because it said, it says, have you not read? So now that you have read the word of God, now that you are now walking in the truth and you come into the knowledge of the truth, you now need after praying and fasting, you now need faith and belief. You got to have faith to please the Lord and you got to believe that he is a rewarder because you're diligently seeking him for a change. Turn around. Okay. Now, the third thing is Psalms 37. Psalms 37. Psalms 37. And I'm almost done, about ready to give y'all my testimony. Psalms 37. Psalm 37. 1 through 11 and 23 and 24. So now listen, and I read this the other day and I cannot, I can't stress this enough. And I'm just going to read it through. Psalms 37, 1 through 11. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thy envious against the workers of iniquity. Why are you, why are you going to be jealous over sinners? Why are you going to be jealous over the wicked? Why? Okay. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and weather as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt trust and verily thou shalt be, I'm sorry, hold on, 37 and 3. Trust in the Lord and do good so that you dwell in the land and verily you shall be fed. So if you want to be fed and you want to dwell in the land, so if you want to be, if you want to, if you want to remain married and if you want to have a good land, you must trust in the Lord and you got to do good. Oh, that's so hard. Why would I want to do good and they're doing bad to me? Mm, I just told you, don't, don't, don't worry about the evildoers. Don't worry about what they're doing. You got to trust in the Lord and do good. You got to do good. Verse four, 
Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in this way, in his way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in, y'all listen. One, two. Three, four. Um, let's, let's just, hold on, let me go back. I'm going to slow down. Verse 8 says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evil doors shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Sometimes you just got to wait a little longer. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently dance, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace, of peace. Okay. Now, two weeks ago, I did a series, but God has called us to peace. Now, do you not realize in Psalms 37, 1 through 11, it said one, two, three, three, three times that scripture in that scripture, it says, fret not yourself. Don't worry. Don't worry yourself about what the wicked is doing. Don't worry yourself about what your wife is doing. Don't worry yourself about what your husband is doing. Don't worry yourself about what they're saying and how they're acting. If you commit your ways unto the Lord, if you trust in the Lord, if you wait patiently, if you stand still, you shall inherit the earth. You shall be fed. You shall have peace. Listen, Psalm 37, 23 and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. David said, I've been young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I've ne David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You have got to understand. You have got to understand that no, you, if you are the believer, if you are the Christian, if your desire is to hold on to your marriage, if your desire is to hold on to your relationship, you have got to get yourself into the place with God. You have to build your relationship. You have to build your character. You have to build your integrity. You have to stand still in order to not leave, but cleave. You have got to get into your word of God and you have to go down praying and fasting. But you also have to have faith and belief that through your fasting and praying that you will be the good person and follow God.
in order to don't leave but cleave now ezra my last my last saying and i'm i'm going into my testimony and praise the lord it looks as though i will be done by three that was my desire that was my purpose to be done by three o'clock so let me give you ezra let me finish this out ezra chapter 10 now let me say this ezra chapter 10 yes okay all right ezra chapter 10 i think i already wrote that in here yep i did I did. Hold on. Okay. Now, Ezra chapter 10. Listen, get my Bible. All right. Now, trying to figure out where I was. All right. Ezra chapter 10. And I'm going to read. All right, here we go. All right, Ezra chapter 10, starting at the third verse. Now, therefore, let us make a covenant with our God to put away all the wives and such as are born of them according to the counsel of my Lord and of those that tremble at the commandment of our God. And let it be done according to the law. Arise, for this matter belongeth unto thee. We also will be thee, we, we also will be with thee be of good courage and do it. I understand, Minister Laquanda. Thank you for listening. Listen, he said, arise, for this matter belongeth unto you. We also will be with you. Be of good courage and do it. Then arose Ezra and made the chief priests, the Levites, and all Israel to swear that they should do according to this word, and they swore. Then Ezra rose up from before the house of God and went into the chamber of Jehonanan, the son of Elishib. And when he came thither, he did eat no bread nor drink water, for he mourned because of the transgression of them that had been carried away. And they made proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem unto all the children of the captivity, that they should gather themselves together unto Jerusalem. And that whosoever would not come within three days, according to the counsel of the princes and of the elders, all his substance should be forfeited. And himself separated from the congregation of those that had been carried away. Now, listen. You have to understand that following Ezra's earnest prayer. No, let me, let me, let me, let me go. Let me, let me read more. Let me read this. Because some of you don't understand. Listen, verse 9 says, Then all the men of Judah and Benjamin gathered themselves together unto Jerusalem within three days. It was the ninth month on the twelfth day of the month. And all the people sat in the street of the house of God, trembling because of this matter and for the great rain. 
And Ezra the priest stood up and said unto them, You have transgressed and been and have taken strange wives to increase the trespass of Israel. Now, therefore, make confession unto the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure and separate yourselves from the people of the land and from the strange wives. Now, following Ezra's earnest prayer, the people admitted their sin to God. Then they asked, the, they asked for direction in restoring their relationship with God. True repentance does not end with words of confession. That would be mere lip service. It must lead to corrective behavior and changed attitudes. When you sin and are truly sorry, confess this to God. Ask his for forgiveness and accept his grace and mercy. Then, as an act of thankfulness for your forgiveness, make the needed corrections. You must make the needed corrections. When I read back in verse 8, that's why I said I wanted to wait because I wanted to stay focused on my notes. Listen, in verse 8, let me read that again. And that whosoever would not come within three days, according to the counsel of the prince and of the elders, all his substance should be forfeited. Forfeited basically means, hold on. Forfeited basically means that everything that God has given you no, is no longer yours. You might say, I, I got to give it back. It, it no longer belongs to me. It's like in a race. It's like when you're racing and, and you make a mistake, it is forfeited. It, it no longer counts. Sometimes you're given a second chance. Sometimes you're not. It's like a basketball game. If somebody gets hurt and they say, we quit, we walk away, you forfeit. You lost. There's no gain in that. All of your substance is forfeited. If you cannot confess your sins to the Lord and turn from your wicked ways. If you married an unbeliever, if you're even in a relationship with the unbeliever. And I hate to say it this way, but you got to ask for forgiveness. Because if, if both of you are, are not walking on the same page and not having the same goals, you you go to church on Sunday, they sleeping at home. Listen. Listen to this. To forfeit one's substance meant to be disinherited, to lose one's legal right to own land. This was to ensure that no pagan children would inherit Israel's land in addition. Would not, God did not want an outsider to inherit y'all. I don't even I don't even I don't even think y'all even understand. Now this is this is doing this time but when we look at it as of today god he said it i want i want you your sons and your daughters to be a part of my inheritance but you forfeit your inheritance when you marry an unbeliever when you marry somebody that you know that doesn't serve god that's trying to now and also is trying to bring you away from god they're not even trying to serve God. 
But if you did it, but if you do it right or you did it right from the beginning, you won't have to go through all this. This is why when I talk about, but God has called us to peace because Paul said, just be like me. <laughs> Don't even get married. Then you ain't got to worry about all of that. You ain't got to do that. And listen, and thank you, Holy Ghost, because what I just stated is I knew what my, and, and, and not this week, well, this week, not next week, but the week after that, my next series, know who you're marrying. My next series, know who. Yeah, I'm, yep, I had to write it down. So I won't forget again. Know who you are marrying. Know who you are marrying before you say I do. Know who before I do. <laughs> know who before you say I do. <laughs> Listen, in addition, the person who refused to come to Jerusalem will be separated from the congregation, excluded from the assembly, and not allowed to worship in the temple. Now listen to this. The Jews considered this a horrible punishment. But check this out. Now, the Jews saw that to be a horrible punishment, right? So if Jesus said in his word that there are going to be people that said, but did not prophesy in your name, didn't I lay hands in your name? I preached. I taught. I, I fed the homeless. I, I clothed the naked. And Jesus says, depart from me. I know you not. Your works was of iniquity. That right there means that if you're, if you're going to be connected to somebody that you know that you should not be connected to, that calls you to walk away from the truth, who calls you to walk away from holiness, that, that calls you to walk away from your father. Your inheritance has just been forfeited. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I lost everything. Now I'm going, I'm going, I need to slow down. I'm, I, I'm, I need to slow down. I lost my inheritance. I'm going into my testimony. I lost my inheritance. I forfeited my right to the tree of life because I backslid. I walked away from the truth. I walked away from my husband. I walked away from church. I walked away because of hurt, because of abuse, because of negativity, because of scandal. I walked away from my inheritance. I forfeited my right to the tree of life at that moment in my life. And, and, and if you have never experienced an encounter with the Lord, then I'm going to be like Paul and say, I beseech you, therefore, my brethren and my sister. That means I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Don't take chances. Don't walk away from the truth. I'm begging you to hear truth, to hear the word of God, to hear righteousness. 
to have a heart to hear reasoning the right advice the right teaching not not a personal opinion not not my what i would do but what god spoke to me that's right god spoke to me the lord i heard him he said when you get back you will not have a job and i was making good money god gave me that job i was um, i was an assistant manager at walgreens making good money oh i was making good money and making good money money oh overtime was lit i was in there i was i was i got grandfathered in they had stopped taking people that didn't have you can become you can apply for assistant manager and did not need to have a degree they changed it and said in order to become an assistant manager you needed to have some form of of of, of a degree you either had to have an associate's degree in something containing retail and i and i was i had a manager a a district manager that literally said to me he said listen i want to put your name in for you to become a manager because we don't have too many black african-american women in this district as assistant managers and i want you to be one of them and right after he said that to me they went on and said that they're now only accepting applications for those who have at least an associate's degree and i was like well that leaves me out but then i got a call that said listen I'm going to email you this application and I need you to fill it out and I need you to get it into the office immediately. He's going to interview you, whoop, 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 blah, blah, blah. And this was in 2004. Hear me. And <laughs> this was in 2004. My life was, it was, it was, it was going. It was, we was in it. We was there. My life, literally, it was moving we was getting it my husband had just got a good paying job our finances was going it was great from 2000 i'm sorry um no 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 2000 and yeah okay anyway so it's it, well let me just say the energy number anyway let me move forward so anyway anyway so long story i became an assistant manager okay and i didn't realize that your schedule would shift before i became assistant manager i had the right schedule i was off on bible study days and on sunday and i had a day shift job and i had to work every saturday morning the perfect schedule when i became a manager my hours went from 40 hours to 44 hours a week from 40 hours to 44 hours a week so and i couldn't have every sunday off hear me i couldn't have every sunday off so i couldn't have every sunday off so what does that mean it was pulling me out it was pulling me out it was pulling me away from being in the house of god 
It was pulling me away from being in the house of God. So, you know, I'm putting this time in, putting this time in, putting this time in. Things begin to shift. Things begin to happen. Things begin to just go into a whole nother direction. You know, I wasn't really understanding what was taking place. I wasn't really understanding what was happening, but things begin to shift. Okay. So, so I'm telling you there um, how, how I forfeited my inheritance at that moment. God gave Job, Job chapter one, Job said, God gives and God takes. He says, naked I went, naked I naked I came out and naked I go in. And when the Lord spoke to me in 2006 and said, when you get back, you won't have that job. God gave me that job and God took that job from me. I stopped paying my tithes. I stopped going to church. I, me and my husband was already separated. I was doing I was doing the most. He was doing the most. Everything was just shifting. Okay. So the other day, my husband, thank you, Holy Ghost. The other day, my husband made, uh, made a post from uh, this video from this pastor. His initials is YPJ, okay? And I didn't even realize that um, it had shifted. I didn't even realize that my mind began to wonder. My mind had begun to wonder. Listen, I said, let me let me come out of this because I told y'all I was going to um let me get let me let me let me pull this up. Hold on. I forgot to do this. Sorry, give me a second. Give me a second. Y'all bear with me. Give me a moment. I forgot to do this earlier. And I just, I don't know how I forgot, but I did. But that's all right. I'm here where I need to be now. Okay, listen. Sorry. <laughs> I know y'all was like, really? You're going to cut us off like, off like that? Yeah, I had to. Okay, so um, long story short, Bishop posted a video in the marriage on our marriage page um, a few days ago by a pastor. His initials is YPJ. And so uh, I wanted to title my testimony, The Church, the church Left Me. Okay. I wanted to title my testimony, the church left me. So, the, but the man of God, I wrote down some points that he stated, okay? The man of God said that he, he, he titled it, um, he titled it, um, my divorce, my trauma, my truth. 
you have that you need you really need to go back and watch it my my divorce my trauma my truth and he talked about how he was stressed out but he was still preaching he talked about how he should have took a break for one year and that's why when god gave me this ministry i tried to tell people in deuteronomy 24 and 5 it says that when a man has taken a new wife he is to not go out to work for one year he is not to do any business for one year okay because in that year he is supposed to protect his wife he's supposed to provide for his wife to keep her safety to give her comfort in that one year so when god gave me this marriage ministry i thought hmm that'd be a great scripture to teach the, the husband and the wife how they will take that one year to get to know one another but before they get married they need to date for one year before you say i do you need to literally you need to literally yes the bible thank you you need to literally um literally say you you need to the bible says in in the scripture deuteronomy 24 and 5 thank you minister laquanda if, 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 if i'm not if that's what you're talking about if not just let me know but anyway i'm talking too fast i need to slow down let me just slow down because i'm really talking too fast so in that when I do marriage counsel, I try to encourage those who desire to want to be married to at least get enough marriage counseling before you go to the altar and say, I do. So I offer six to 12 weeks of marriage counseling because the, the because you need to you need to work on you as individually about staying home one year. Yes. Thank you. Um, and. And the reason why you need to stay home in that one year is because you got to build strength for one another. The husband is to leave the, the mother and the father and cleave to his wife. They, they need to bond because what happens in that time, you had to not have sex before you get married. Okay. But in this society, everybody want to test the waters, which I talked about that on yesterday. So with that being said, I try to encourage them to take at least, if you're going to get, if you're, let's, let me give you an example. If you decide to get married and you want to get married in six months, then you need to have marriage counseling three months before you say I do. For three months, three, four months, you need to have marriage counseling. If you're getting married in a year, then at least six months, you need marriage counseling, six to 12 weeks in that time. You need that. Yes, I'm saying it. You need that much marriage counseling for individually before you go right into the marriage counseling. I do premarital counseling. That means I'm giving you the vows of the vows of what I'm teaching you each vow, what it means, what it stands for, what it entails, what it endures. Why? Because what happens when I do turns into I don't. What happens when it shifts? That's why you got people getting married and they're only getting three days because they tell you, you only need three days of marriage counseling. Okay, how can you get marriage counseling? How can you get premarital counseling in three days? Please, somebody explain that to me. How can you truly get what you need in three days? You can't. I don't care how you look at it. I don't care how you butter it. I don't care how you flip it. There is no way you can get everything you need that's going to last you a lifetime in three days. It's not happening. It is not happening. You need to get some serious 
premarital counseling. Not somebody going to tell you how good everything's going to be, but somebody's going to tell you how bad some things might hurt that might happen. Infidelity might hit your home. You losing your job may hit your home. You becoming sick, you becoming disabled may hit your home. The love may shift, may hit your home. You never know what might happen and you need to know how to stand. You need to learn how to endure when these things begin to shift. That's why I said in the beginning of this that I'm glad God gave me this because I want to give to you what was not given to me. Because I'm going to tell you something. If I knew then what I don't know now without God, <laughs> I'm telling you, without God, without the right mindset, without the right people. That's why I say, that's why I do premarital counseling and marriage counseling, not just to the believer, but to the Christian believer, not just to the believer, but to the Christian unbeliever and to the unbelievers. I'm talking about sinners. When I say the, un when I talk about unbelievers, I'm talking about the sinners. When I say Christian unbelievers, I'm talking about those Christians who still think that um, you're doing things, but you're doing it behind closed doors. You thinking, you thinking that God don't see you. I'm talking about those Christian unbelievers that are full of pride and arrogance, that refuses to be humble, that think that nobody can tell you nothing, but you still go to church on Sunday and then live hell. You go to church on Sunday and live hell Monday through Saturday. And I'm talking to the true Christians who knows that they need more, um, they need more and more to keep pushing, to keep persevering, to keep going. They need to be strengthened. They want the, what, what can I add to my marriage to make it better before it turns bitter? Oh, y'all don't hear me. But anyway, so this man of God was talking about how he divorced his wife and how the people, some of the Christian folk, turned their backs on him. They used to call him the priest. They no longer call him the priest anymore. Okay, but I got these notes and I need to stay focused. He said, instead of the church mending and healing, they were bringing condemnation and judgment. He said, if I wasn't Holy Ghost filled, I would have cussed a lot of people out. That's why I fell in that part, because I did cuss some folk out when I went through my separation. He said in 2013, he thought it would be easier to resign. Wait, he thought it was easier to resign. Okay. Listen, he say, he said, you start acting out in private while praising God in public. For me, I backslid. I had no one that connected to me to help push me. Now I'm in my testimony because now I can say I can relate to this man of God because that's where I was at. That's where that's what that's what happened to me. That's why I titled my. That's why I titled my this testimony, the church left me because we the church, right? The house of God didn't leave me. The house of God can't get up and walk away. The church left me. The church walked away from me. The church condemned me. The church hurt me. The church betrayed me. The church left me. Oh, y'all don't hear me. So I can relate to this man of God. He went on to say, 
he went on to say, where's my Viper? He went on to say that people turned on him. He felt pain he never felt before. Because when you think people are for you, when you go through, they're gone. He said, I got a divorce, not because I cheated on my wife. He said, I got divorced, not because I was beating on my wife. He said, I got divorced because we were not on the same page. He said, we divorced with unreconcilable differences. He said, I got married because it was the right thing to do. And I, and I was, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I it looked good for my integrity. But when we get married, he said, we have no idea what marriage is all about. He said, when I got married, I did not know the realities of life. He said, but I kept preaching. I kept teaching. He said, but I was losing my mind because I was going, he said, because I was given a measure of strength and tolerance that's, he said, and that's abnormal. He said, I had strong parents and I had strong faith. He said, but I was function, he said, but I was functioning, but as a dysfunctioning person. He said, people don't care what you are going through as long as you can, as long as you can help them. I had to write those notes down as I was listening to him. He said, I contemplated suicide because I couldn't, he said, I couldn't take it. And that's what we do. We don't even understand how we get caught up in the religion and can't, and can't stay caught in the relationship of the people. So this is an ex an excerpt from my book. This is my testimony. The church left me. This is in my book. The church left me. I immediately began to cry, not because I'm stuck, but because I'm free. God moves in the most unexpected way. I always wondered if anyone felt the way I did when I sat in my car in 2006 and I had decided, I'm sorry, in 2005, and I had decided and planned out my own suicide because I just couldn't keep feeling lost, feeling confused, hurt, betrayed, and how church people could walk away as if you didn't exist. At that moment, I got a phone call right when I had made up in my mind and I wasn't changing it. The person on the other end said, Sister Holloway, I had to hurry up and call my daughter because the Lord spoke to me and said I had to immediately and hurry up and call you. But I didn't have your number. So I had to call my daughter and I don't know why, but I knew I had to obey God and move quickly. At that moment, God moved for me that day. 
I was able to release to this person on the other end everything that I had kept secret to myself. I released to her from my mouth truth. And she said, you are not alone. And she began to say to me, you don't leave your house or put your husband out because there are wolves that are waiting to have your husband, not because he's your husband, but because he is a man of God. We at times suffer in silence because of fear, shame, guilt, lies, etc. But there are some people will put stuff on you to hide their own fault and failures. There are some people that think you you are still messed up because of because there's sorry, but there are people that think you're you still messed up because they're still messed up. Don't allow someone else's past to keep you in yours. Yes, religious church folk is a difference from relational church folk. Because the church left me. Hello, Sister Trailer. I said all that to say this, and I wanted to read that excerpt from my book because when you listen to somebody else talk about how church folk, instead of mending and healing, they bring condemnation, condemnation and judgment. They don't think about what you're going through. They only think about the gossip that is being brought to them, the lies that is being, being, that is being brought to them. That's why I could relate. Because in the car, I knew that there was some things I wasn't going to put my husband's business in the street. I wasn't going to do that. And because of the other individual, I wasn't going to do that. But it was other people that we were connected to was the ones that was doing this. I never opened up my mouth. Didn't have to because everybody else was doing it. But when God spoke to me and when God showed me at that moment that he sent somebody my way to pick me up, my healing begin to start but it didn't happen immediately because i went back to the house of god i went back to the place where i was being hurt i went back to the place that was betraying me i went back to a place that was killing me i went back to a place that's supposed to be a safety place. That's supposed to be a safety net. That's supposed to be a place full of love and compassion. I went back to a place that I really thought that my healing and my deliverance was supposed to happen immediately. And it didn't. 
and it did it. But I'm gonna leave it right there because y'all just right, y'all just got away from my book. Just got away from my book. So that is the conclusion of when I do turns into I don't. The wows of the vows. Have you not read? Don't leave, but cleave. And I had to recognize that it was no longer about my husband, but it was about me and God. And I had to build my own relationship. I had to build myself back to the Lord. I had to build the relationship. I had to release some folk. I had to get into a place where God wanted me to be. But there are just some people that will continue to think that you're not better, that you're not good, that you're not healed, that you're not restored. And that is only because that is where they are. And you can't base your life and you can't base your testimony on where they're at. You give what needs to be given. You show what needs to be shown. You speak what's supposed to be spoken. Well, what, what you supposed to what you speak what's supposed to be spoke. And you don't open your mouth until the Lord tells you to. Because somebody needs to hear your testimony. Somebody needs to hear your testimony. Because your testimony is your life. Your testimony is your deliverance. Your testimony is your healing and your restoration. So my plan was to be done by three o'clock, but this was the conclusion. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to continue to be stuck on time because I'll continue to just be wherever. But I want to thank you all who follow me on this series. So when I do, turns into I don't, the wows of the vows. I want to just thank you all for just um, praying for me because God is a good God. God is a good God and he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. Amen. So I am blessed and highly favored. Come May 21st of next week, me and my husband, me and my bae, We'll be celebrating 26 years of marriage. Yes. And I'm so glad about it because without the Lord, it would not have happened. And so I thank God for deliverance. I thank God for healing. I thank God for restoration and reconciliation. I thank God because if it it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? I'm telling you, be honest with you. I would not be in this place. I would not be in this place. I'm telling you, I would not be in this place. I would not be. If I would have not found God for myself, I would not have been in this place because it's this church folk. And I said church folk. You got to know God for yourself. You got to know God for yourself. Amen. So God bless you all. I thank you all for listening. I thank you all for tuning in. Walk in your truth. Walk 
in your truth. Amen. Walk in your walk in the walk in the truth of Jesus Christ. Let me say walk in your truth. Walk in truth. Walk in truth and walk into the knowledge of the truth. Amen. I want to thank you all for tuning in to when I do turns into I don't. For those of you who are tuning in um, at this point, you know, you can go back and watch the replay. I hope I said something that would that encouraged you. I hope I said something that blessed you. I hope I said something that could uplift you. Um, you know, some people are content and there's nothing. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Let me say that some people are content in their marriage where they are. Some people are there's some people are content, and there's nothing wrong with that because the Bible says if they choose to stay, let them stay. If the wife chooses to stay in the marriage and as it is, let her stay. If the husband chooses to stay in the marriage, let him stay. But it also says if they choose to walk away, let them walk away. Amen. So this is when I do turn it to I don't, the wows of the vows. Have you not read? Don't leave but cleave. I posted some scripture. You need to inbox me, ask me questions concerning anything that I stated. If you don't understand, whatever it is, I will help you. Whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in your marriage, whether you desire to be married, I mean, whether you desire to be married, whatever it is, trust me, I will be able to help you. And know this, I only share if God leads me to do that. So no, I don't just walk around here and just put a, just put my whole testimony out there in the air. God, all, God has always led me to speak to who needs to be spoken to at that very moment. He has always done that for me always done that for me always because god wants his people healed he wants them healed he wants them delivered and again he don't want y'all married fifteen thousand times but know that god is a god of second chances amen so god bless you um i need to give you this date let me see um not next week but may the 25th may the 25th the next series will be Know who before you say I do. <laughs> know who before you say I do. <laughs> know who before you say I do. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Again, thank you for tuning in to When I Do Turns Into I Don't, The Wows of the Vows. Have you not read? Don't leave but cleave. Coming from Ezra chapter 9 and chapter 10. And my main scripture to my ministry, Matthew chapter 19, 4 through 8. Amen. And that is divorce is not an option by God, but a choice by man. God bless you. Know that I love you, but God loves you more.